Hello and welcome to the Anomaly Presents podcast, the podcast that uh, talks about movies we love because we love movies. We're going to go short this week with the intro, I think. We just got out of podcast jail. We did Cats. Gimlet Media brought us up on charges for, um, it was, what was it? Audio Cruelty and Crimes Against Podcasts. Judge Marin decided that we had to spend about three weeks in the hole. So we're fresh out. The lousy screw. Oh. And uh, really, there's only one thing left to do, and we need one big score to really get back to where we need to be, spend a couple weeks on the beach and enjoying some Mai Tais. So we had this idea. We're, we're going to knock over four of the, uh, the biggest heist movies in the last 20 years. We're going to go with the Ocean's Universe here. Ah, uh, yes. In order. Ocean's 11, 12, 13, and 8. Yeah, that's right. 11, 12, 13, <laughs> and 8. Because fuck everything. <laughs> Joining me tonight, because, you know, when you have a heist, you got to put together your crew. We'll start with the wild card, Megan Murphy. Oh, I was going to say I was the brains, but wild card is a much smarter choice. Good for you. Magic Adam Lubitow. Oh, I like it. The silent assassin, (laughs) Vanessa Cheeks. Accurate. Perfection. And the planner, the schemer, the mastermind behind this operation. It's Aaron Murphy. Definitely accurate. (laughs) This is actually Erin's brainchild tonight. Um, she's the master planner behind this. She might be the world's biggest Oceans fan. Yes, yes, I am. Um, and she's been petitioning us for, I, this is episode 12. We've been doing this for about a year and change. Um, and this was one of the first ones she suggested. So we're finally here. Thank God. It's, it's the Ocean Cinematic Universe. I've been waiting for so long. <laughs> so let's set the stage. It's... Uh, 2001 is 2001. when. Yep. So it, it's the beginning of the new millennium. We're, we're just coming off the tail of kind of the, the revitalization of swing music. The Rat Pack is back. Yep. I, I know I had a Rat Pack poster on my, my dorm wall. Um, everybody was kind of into, you know, this, this group of actors. Um, George Clooney was, was the hottest person in the world next to, next to Brad Pitt. So basically it was a, New Rat Pack. Mm-hmm. We've got Ocean's Eleven starring Brad Pitt, George Clooney, uh, Bernie Mac, uh, the guy that kind of looks like David Paymer. Julia uh, Roberts. Julia Roberts. Elliot Gould. Elliot Gould. Carl Reiner. The guy who played Livingston Dell that I forgot to write his name down. <laughs> Don uh, Cheadle. <laughs> and also eventually David Paymer, just a couple movies in. Right. Did- Matt, da- Matt Damon. Matt Damon, who looks like they had just washed the amniotic fluid <laughs> off of him. <laughs> Uh, Casey Affleck and Scott Kahn, right? Scott Kahn. Yeah. And Andy Garcia. So let, let's open up here. Why does this movie hit you the way it does, Aaron? I was going through it now. <laughs> um, it was, came out when I was a freshman in high school. Um, I think honestly, it is a masterpiece in terms of how it's written, how the cinematography, the fact that you think it's going one way and it goes another. I really enjoy, so I like blind boxes. And I think it started from my love of heist films because you think you know what you're going to get. You think you have an idea of what's happening and then something else completely else happens. Um, So I absolutely love this film for those reasons exactly. Um, I also love it because... The acting is good. 
Um, I think there are funny moments in there. Um, I'll admit to it. Also, there's a lot of nostalgia for me. I've been watching this film once a week since 2001, if not more. If I'm going through a really tough time, I'm watching it multiple times a week. Um, and then every time uh, another Oceans came out, aside from 12, we'll get there when we get there. Um, I started watching those films on top of that. So when 13 came out, I started watching it often too. And then when 8 came out, I started watching it just as much. I just love it because it's a nicely wrapped up box where things can surprise you. But in the end, what happens is what's supposed to happen. And they explain it to you. I like movies and some people don't. They don't like things to be explained to them. But I like it when I can see a movie that I can imagine what's happening. But then what's actually happening can surprise me. So. Uh, an example, Aaron does not like Total Recall. I do not. She does not like the openness of that ending. Tell me, is, right. is, it, is he the actual guy or is he the other guy? Did he get put into Total? Like, what happened? No. Tell me. Well, what happened? You know what? Different movie. Different well, movie. <laughs> <laughs> different different so movie. We'll life is crazy time. enough where you have to make guesses and people don't tell you what to do all the time. And even when they do, sometimes you mess up. Ocean's Eleven is a perfect package of people executing. I think it's a Capricorn in me, too. People putting a plan together. You know, some things don't go right, but they have uh, plans A through C, A through Z, A through double Z. And they figure it out and they execute it and things happen and they make it work. And they do it all in suits and they do it in suits. And it has a killer score and soundtrack that just makes you bop the entire time. Again, I'm talking about 11, 13 and eight. I'm talking about you 11. Forget, you forgot 12, 13 you forgot, and eight. Um, there was another one actually after we were, 11, there was 12 and then 13 and eight, which I know is a little weird with the numbering, but you forgot 12. You forgot. 12 is a monster. <laughs> All in due time. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. So Ocean's Eleven is kind of a remake reboot, though, Yes, right? it is. So like I said, it was a, a Rat Pack thing. It was originally Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. and Peter Lawton, or Peter Lawford, I should say. Yep. Oh, boy. Peter Lawton. That's not even the thing. <laughs> um, you just say it and like, like you mean it? Yeah, just with that over. confidence, right? And I do. There's two of them. And, and growing up, that was a movie I really liked. I thought that was kind of a cool thing especially you know post swingers rat pack kind of thing right um so it was interesting to me to see how they kind of reformulated that for you know the early 2000s um and the original oceans 11 uh i don't know if you've seen it and um it, it's kind of a weird movie yes um because it's it totally kind of all over the place all over the place um it's just bizarre. Like it doesn't end the way you want it to end. Nope. I don't like it. Yep. So it was interesting to me to kind of compare and contrast it to this one because it was very much that, that millennium kind of thing where it was kind of a shined up version of that, where, where things worked out the way, the way they did. One fun thing that I noticed in the score is that there's a couple little references to that ocean's 11 kind of whistle theme that that's mm -hmm. in the original. Yep. That's the one. Um, it's beautiful. It was awesome. So let me ask this. I'll open it up to everybody now. Um, Frank Sinatra or George Clooney, how do you think each one kind of impacts a film? And which, which would you have picked George Clooney to kind of replace Frank Sinatra? I have an answer. At least, I don't know. I think it depends on the tone you want. Because I'll give you what I think Frank Sinatra kind of gave off the I am cooler than all of you vibe. I'm letting you be a part of this. You're welcome. Where I think George Clooney's very much like, hey, like the more friendly, like, hey, everybody, I'm proud of all each and every one of you. Almost like this uncle. Like, oh my God, you each have your own talents. Come on over here. Be a part of my, our crew, not my crew, our crew. In a suit. 
Are we going right about the we, room? Whatever you want to do. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jump right in. Jump on in. I think that this movie is like the only movie where George Clooney could stand next to Brad Pitt and be equally as attractive. I don't think that could mm-hmm. happen anywhere else where you're looking yep. in both and you're like, yeah. Cause it's the suit. It's, it's legitimately the, <laughs> it's suit. the suit. But I think Frank Sinatra on his own, like he does. I, I think you're right. It kind of like overshadows a little bit everybody else. It's Frank Sinatra. Come on, what are you gonna do? It was Frank Sinatra's movie that other people just were happened in. to I, be I, in. I, like 100 percent believe that. Plus, tonally again, it was just well. The Rat Pack was his pack. That yeah. he, true. He's decided whether you were in it or not. There was not. There was no group to sit. There was no votes in the Rat Pack. And I, yeah, I definitely think part of George Clooney's appeal in this is that he's so unassuming. You're just kind of like, he's just a dude. Yeah, look at him. Look at him. Yeah. yeah. He had a Sinatra brush with the law. Like, tough guy persona. I feel like I feel like Clooney has a bit more vulnerability yeah. he yeah. brings to Especially the ocean Especially when role. Julia Roberts walks in. I swear to God. <laughs> yeah, so talk about that a little bit. You mean Julie Roberts' character in Ocean's Eleven or what she's doing to me in 12? No, no, no. We're not, we're not we're at 12. Okay. We will get to 12. So, <laughs> Julia Roberts' character. I'm riled up about it still. <laughs> I'm mad I had to rewatch it for this. I've watched it maybe five times. Um, I literally don't own it because I'm so mad at it. Um, He'll let buy you it just it. to return it <laughs> repeatedly. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You can take this away. Thank you. <laughs> um, so Julia Roberts' character plays uh, Daniel Ocean's ex-wife uh tess who is dating andy garcia's character terry benedict who owns a casino that they are going to rob however um nobody really knows that tess is even involved in this until matt damon's character and brad pitt's character are like tailing uh, uh andy garcia's character to see kind of what he does during the day you know to um, figure out what's happening. And then Tess comes down the stairs and Rusty, who is Brad Pitt character goes, Oh, I know who that is. We can't use her because that's Daniel Ocean's ex-wife. So he then has an entire scene where he's like, dude, why is Tess involved here? And Daniel Ocean's like, Hey, like, I know I didn't tell you that that's totally why we're like doing Terry Benedict's places, but I want my wife back. And he's like, dude, Tess doesn't split 11 ways. So know that if we're doing this heist for the money, we can't be doing also to get your wife back. And he's like, well, at the end of this, I shouldn't have to make that decision. I could talk about the entire plot of this entire film, but um, I think her character has meat to it, not only just being the ex-wife of like the main character, but also having her own story, having her own like thought process. So I, I enjoyed what they did with her. So I guess let's kind of go deeper into the the crew, because we kind of talked about Rusty and, and Matt Damon's character, Linus, right? So... Classically, in your your heist movie, everybody has their own archetype. I kind of played with that in the intro, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, the interplay between everybody. Uh, so you've got you know George Clooney as the 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 kind of mastermind, mastermind, yep, and then Brad Pitt as Dean Martin, kind of. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, do you want to talk about kind of how the the team is put together and how, how the chemistry contributes to the film? Yeah. So the. So Rusty and Daniel Ocean like come together and they're like, we got to put this crew together. So um, Rusty's like, well, these are the cons that we have to do, which they made up all those names. Those names don't actually exist. Um, so they're like, we have these cons that a series of cons we have to do because it's a big job. What people do we need? So um, they decide to pull together one. We need money. So who's going to fund us? And we need someone who's pissed at Terry Benedict. So they pull together Ruben, um, 
who's like, oh, those are Terry Bennett's places. Why do you want to rob them? And they're like, clink. Can I take a second? Yeah. I just want to talk about the beauty that is Elliot Gould as Ruben and his robes. The chest and, hair. Yeah. yeah. Chest hair. <laughs> those gold, chains. gold chains. Yeah. He is just living his life. I was like, that's what, part of like, I want to be Ruben. I just want to have like money sitting by the pool, eating my, my, you know, like, yeah, yeah, we, we go way back. Da, 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 da. I just want a style I want and I'll a, never have it. A ring on each finger, <laughs> a well, silk robe. Of course. You couldn't, he couldn't live with one less ring. Please, please. Ruben is maybe my favorite character. In this <laughs> Substantially. Yes. He is so good. Elliot Gould, I feel like, is one of the underrated actors of, of the 20th century. Absolutely. Like, people kind of forget about him after the 70s. Oh, he's just there out there reminding you, like, I was, like, the hottest shit, and you're welcome. <laughs> he was very attractive when he was younger, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah. The long goodbye is, oh, man. Oh. Like, yeah. uh, the coolest dude in the world during that film. <laughs> like, you're like, oh, my God. Look, oh, oh, he's so cool. And he's like, oh, he's, he's trying to get cat food for his cat. And he's solving a mystery, and then the world's falling apart because it's like the 70s, and it's all bullshit. <laughs> That's my review of The Long Goodbye. <laughs> I'm telling you if, you, if you haven't seen Elliot Gould's 70s stuff, go back and watch it because the man was fucking amazing. <laughs> uh, and seeing him in this one, he he kind of, to my mind, he, any scene he's in, he kind of dominates. Like, he brings yeah. the swag. He does. But like he does 70s swag, which is a little different energy than like 90s and early 2000s swag was. He's like, hey, boys, let me show you how we used to do it. When when you get someone who can outswagger George Clooney. Mm. And Brad Pitt at the same time. 2000 George Clooney and Brad yeah. Pitt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Elliot Gould, who's got 30 years on both of them, is just absolutely wiping wearing, the screen. Wearing a robe. They're all in full suits. He's like, I barely got up. And, and I barely got up. And, and the yet. writing they have for him and his one liners and how he punches them and delivers them to them pulls my attention constantly from anyone else that's in that room when that room is filled with 10 other people. So I 100 percent agree. This is an Elliot Gould stand podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> and then you also so then they pull in Carl, uh, Carl Reiner, who's Saul. So he's like the old con man that had, quote unquote, retired. So like we need to pull him back in because we need a heavy hitter to play our main um, character that's going to trick Andy Garcia into what we need to trick him into doing. Then you need the tech guy, which is living Sindel. He's working for the FBI because he has a legit job because that's what he does. And they just sneakery on the side. Um, then Bernie Mac, the God that he is, um, has to come in and help be like the man's man um, and actually work at the casino, help do stuff. Um, then you have Basher, which is Don Cheeto doing a pretty OK this is my thought. Um, I think he just walked up and said, I'm going to do an accent. <laughs> Let me, let's put a pit in that for a second. Cause I'm pretty sure that next to Dick Van Dyke's accent in Mary Poppins, this is the worst goddamn British accent I've ever heard in my entire life. It got better when it got to 13. No, I don't say that. Better's much. not the point. <laughs> That's not, better it's, of worse. It's poetry the, the way it is. You tossers. You got one you job to do. tosses. Like, over the I course of ten like, years, he almost figured out a Cockney accent. Is what you're I almost to feel me. like it was an affectation, like the character just decided. Yeah, like, like it was going to be revealed that he wasn't British. So, yeah. Sometimes I'll, I get real mad, and and I just <laughs> I <laughs> if I get like frustrated with something, I'll do his quote, and I can't remember which one he said it in. But when he's like, "I'll leave it out, leave <laughs> it like, out, you tosses, you got out. one job to do." <laughs> yeah. I could give you a bunch of quotes. Feels good to say it. It does, doesn't you it? You tosses. Then you have uh, Linus, which is Matt Damon's character. So that's the young guy coming in to help. Like, he's, you know, I get the young con man coming in, teach him how to con, help him do more of like the tailing of people. Baby then you Damon. Ha- Baby Damon. 
Then you have uh, Turk and Virgil Molloy, who are the um, twins that do all the driving slash are the hilarious part of this because they're fighting. And maybe it's because I'm really close to my siblings, but like their sibling fighting is so valid. And as much as I'm not a biggest fan of like Casey Affleck, I think them fighting to be distraction all the time is perfection. I think it is, but I legit think they hate each other. (laughs) Well, if you watch through 12, they played on the fact that they hate each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then therapy, but not for the con. Exactly. Therapy for after the con. <laughs> and then you have the amazing Yen, because um, I needed a greaseman, because I needed someone to go in small places and do crazy things with their body, because that <laughs> guy was exactly doing that the entire time. <laughs> crazy things with its body. Almost like a clown you, jumping out of I a hate you both <laughs> so much right now. And that's Probably. everybody. <laughs> and I think what's great is... Um, each plays a part and they all support each other. And I love that one scene where he opens a door. Um, Ruben opens the door and says, did you guys get a group rate? As if he didn't know 10 other people were showing up to his door. Mm-hmm. And I just laughed really hard because he's just like, why is everybody showing up at the same time? So we roll into the heist. Um, and we're not going to go super into detail. This movie has been out for 20 years. And I think most everybody has seen it if they've got TBS. Um, <laughs> Because this motherfucker ran every two hours on TBS in the 90s, or yes. in the 2000s. So, um, interesting things that happened in that. Like, the, the things that kind of stood out to me were, um, let, let's go back to Bernie Mac for a minute, because I really want to spend some time with with, with Frank Catton. Oh, um, yeah. The, the used car scene <clears throat> is so goddamn good. Yep. Um, his... The intensity and the eye contact that he's keeping with that guy is so funny. He's amazing. So um, I, I, I hate to ask this, but um, anything else that kind of jumped out with you with, with the Frank Catton character that, that you were like, oh, shit, this guy is absolutely killing it right now? Well, when they were running down how they were collecting everybody to come to Vegas, uh, when he's like, Frank Catton has come down with a case of bronchitis and he's going... <coughs> in his face to the guy to this guy getting a transfer to las vegas and then next scene is him like smiling in a cab looking great i think that was beautiful physical like comedy that bernie Mac was doing i think it's also great when you first get introduced to him when he's you know in front of daniel ocean when he calls him frank and he's like i'm sorry sir you must have me confused with somebody else my name is ramon and that entire scene where he's like yeah meet me at this place without saying meet me at this place and it's just a series of him being cool about what's going on, but being in control the entire time and just being a hundred percent Bernie. Like, I don't think Bernie Mac was playing a character. Bernie Mac was playing Bernie Mac. And I, that's why I totally enjoyed his character. Uh, and that scene, the used car scene where is like one of my favorites because Rock'em and Sock'em are out there messing with this van yeah, they're so, jumping and you're like, Oh my <laughs> Lord. And then, but he is so subtle and he, but I think it's the one, I don't want to say the one and only times, but it is the one time where you see Frank and you're just like, Oh, like Frank's, in it like he's intimidating and he knows exactly what he's supposed to be doing and he is going to get the job done and he's not just like this goofy guy that's casing the place he's like nah let me break this man's hand aloe vera <laughs> yeah you know, he talks, the way he inter- talks about his hands all the time but then you know the lotion yeah <laughs> interrupts my personal agenda i can't, <laughs> I can't sleep with the gloves on <laughs> the other cool guy on the crew uh livingston dell um rude yes. <laughs> He's trying his goddamn best just to keep his life together, okay? He's 
he's just a squirrely guy. He's squirrely. Like, that's just his life. His life is hell every second <laughs> of every day. And if shit doesn't go the way he thinks it's supposed to go, he gets a little confused. He's barely okay when it goes the way when it goes the way he thinks it's supposed to. He's he's born on the edge <laughs> and just slowly tipping the rest of his life. Yeah. I legitimately thought that was David Paymer for the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> I did not write that. That's a high compliment. David Paymer's amazing. Yeah. Sorry, other guy. I think my favorite part about him is like, you're right, he's always so nervous. He looks like a chihuahua. Like he's about to shit on the floor. Why are you dragging him into this? And then in 12, they're talking about like, oh, how much money did you spend? And he like, what, it's five bucks? He didn't spend any of it. That's the thing is he'll never enjoy it. He has this money. It will help us. Nothing's going to help his life. Never. Because he's living with his mother and doing stand-up comedy. I still have a question though. One thing that has never been answered for me is why the man was doing stand-up comedy dressed as a bullfighter. We will I, never know. Will we never know? And that no. frustrates me. <laughs> Sweating on Ocean's stage. 12. <laughs> the answer is Ocean's 12. The answer is Ocean's 12. And then wet fart noise. So is Ocean's 12 kind of the Paul Blart, Mall Blart? Of it's the- fucking nonsense. <laughs> it's fucking nonsense. They wanted to go fuck around with their friends <laughs> in fucking Europe. It keeps breaking through. And we're not even through with 11. Sorry. And you know, the anger is like, it's like a volcano of hate. Like, I'm gonna, you know, bubbles oh. up occasionally. Yeah, yeah we're all Vesuvius. And what, yeah. what actually like proved all my points about it was actually doing the marathon and watching all of them in a row. So watching 11, then going straight into 12, and then the apology film that is 13, and then going into 8 really like highlighted what's wrong with 12. I don't understand what could be wrong with the movie that has Bruce Willis in it. Oh I don't God. understand. That is, most, that's like, that is the point. That's wrong with it is the part. Okay, whatever. We're going to die Let's here. To, this is where you know we what? die. You know what? I'll allow it. Let's do this. Okay. Oh. All right. Gloves off. Okay. Ocean's 12. A- a- Adam, Vanessa. Happens, Aaron. Uh, you're, I'm glad you're my friend. And no matter what happens, I'm I, glad I got a chance to know you. I appreciate that because I especially feel like it, this is the end because yeah. I'm just going to throw out there. I really like 12. Whoa, yes, great. baby. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Aaron's face. That was the, the Oh, snap. The color actually <laughs> green, but then came back as red. Blood. I'm going to sit just. Aaron's you also little, didn't like she's, Cook, right? She's okay. grabbing her face. Oh, oh, my God. Okay, gonna, first off, first off, we're over. all allowed one. Hook is his one. Matt, okay, I'm, but. I'm sorry about that. He just said he'd like 12. That is enough. No, no that's not what that, He's correct. He is correct. First off, you got Catherine Zeta-Jones, an absolute babe. I Second off, me. you have, you have, I do not Julia, have a problem with Catherine Julia Roberts, babe number She's, two. Okay. And then you got the cast back together. I really, Bernie Mac, what did he get? A, a pneumonia or something like that? So he wasn't in the film as much as he should have been. And I really wish he was. But guess what? That's what happens. That's yep. life, baby. Mm-hmm. That's life. Okay. okay. And then you got Rusty out here in running around Europe just acted a fool and you have Bruce motherfucking Willis playing okay? Bruce playing Willis himself because, because he the most bullshitty part of the entire fine, fucking film and he could get away with it <laughs> he's mad fine mad fine he could get away with it it's not a reason for a good I film that's, you know Vanessa I'm gonna give you my thesis and it's five points okay I just want oh, I, I, that was mine Bruce Willis is mad fine and he can get away with oh, it she got her notebook out thank you okay alright we're gonna start from the top uh. <laughs> Oh my God. From the first scene that shows on the screen, mm. it just feels off compared to the rest of the film. 
then it's fucking nonsense. The Matsui scene where they're talking in gibberish makes no goddamn sense. The Topher scene, stupid <laughs> as shit. They're just trying to reference back to Ocean's Eleven. His hair looks ridiculous and he's just trashing a place. It's a stupid ass scene. The Julia, ugh, the Julia Roberts part about Julia Roberts playing a character named Tess who then looks like her fucking self, Julia Roberts. That entire scene and episode, that entire I scene. Think art, I think art is the word you're looking for. Oh, fuck off. The entire <laughs> concept that, oh my God, does she look like Julia? Yeah, motherfucker. It's fucking Julia Roberts. You take me out of the movie by telling me, by the way, the actress who's playing this character that you're supposed to be invested in is actually looks like the actress who plays this character. And then Bruce Willis shows up playing Bruce Willis. I can't like I literally exit the film. It doesn't like it pushes me over the edge. Like it takes me out of the film. I the writing tell. is sloppy AF. <laughs> the entire Set the entire scene about uh, Matt Damon being upset about them breaking into an agoraphobic house and the entire thing like isn't breaking into a handicapped person's uh, house bad. That entire speech is off-putting and completely unnecessary. Those are my five points about that film. But the one that gets me the most Mm-mm. is the Julia Roberts part because that takes you out of the entire film. What I liked about 11, 13, and 8 is you stayed in the film. You were invested in the storyline that was happening. They told you what they were doing along the way the entire time. <laughs> This writing was sloppy. <laughs> Catherine Zeta-Jones' character, I did like, because I thought that was a genius way to do something. They should have fucking put her in 13. But they didn't. They put her in 12. And everything that they did was on such a grand scale that it was not believable enough. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't hold the dumb stick enough to handle this. I threw that dumb stick across the fucking floor, and I said, fuck you. And the way it ends also makes no sense. Oh, she's just going to be fine because she broke a bajillion laws? by uh, forging her boss's hand, like handwriting, and she got like a bunch of people involved in some bullshit, she's gonna be fine? No, that's wrong. So you're telling me, <laughs> you, you, you think that's wrong. They're, they're, they're motherfucking robbing a museum. The whole thing is wrong. The whole thing is illegal. The lasers look like bullshit. Eddie Izzard's character totally got the shit into this. Yes. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna go back. Okay. We're going to take a step back. I just want to address this point. point by you point. you said, okay. now I do have a problem with Kath is, Catherine Zeta-Jones' character because the bitch saw Rusty running from cops and then she was like, oh, he looks like a nice boy. No, he doesn't, Catherine. Okay, yes. No, he I'm doesn't. I'm with you on that. So, so that's, Especially because her dad was a thief. She knows fucking better. She knows. Yes. But you're going to tell me that you have a, a problem believing that this woman <laughs> who is in love with a thief it do- cares that it's wrong that she forged her no, boss's no, no. Not signature. Not that she didn't care. I said how they handled it. So they're thieves. <laughs> no, 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 not the thieves. No, 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 Vanessa, not the thieves. How the movie handled her getting in trouble about oh, it. Oh, just that she pieced out and was the, done. Just that she pieced out. We hey, know where the fuck. Hey, she- that sometimes that's how Deuces. it be. Bye. So, that, peace. No, no. See you later. <laughs> Everyone else has all these um, consequences to what they did. To what? Who? 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 I'm yeah, who? You talking about Daniel Ocean who ended up in a villa with his wife Tess that looks just like Julia Roberts? Who? Who? Okay, let's have it. With Vanessa, I was gonna say, yeah. When it comes to the yeah, consequences, I wouldn't look to the Ocean's film as like a realistic representation. No, not a the, realistic. The life yes. of thievery. Yes. No. Correct. Correct. Wait, what? Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> I but change. I'm just saying, guys, I just gotta make a few calls. In compared, like it's, it's like a scale. Everything. Like in compared to what's happening to other people and like how it was going down, other people did not go down with her. So that's why I didn't believe it. Like 
she's just gonna peace out i mean that's not my biggest issue i don't care about that i care about julia fucking roberts looking like julia fucking roberts and it being treated like absolute bullshit and there is like panaceas left and right so anyways was it the pillow under the dress that really sent you over sent me fucking over the edge Here's the thing. I think it just comes out to I am looking for different things in my Oceans films mm. than you are. Because I, why rewatching? I'm rewatching. I hadn't seen Twelve or Thirteen before. Yeah. Um. But watching the the series as a whole, I decided I like them when they're just hangout movies where a heist, you know, happens to take place. <laughs> and it's mostly oh, just we just into a, yeah. a heist. That's kind of like, and that was for me, you know, right. one and yeah. two. I, so I, I really liked the feel that it has. Twelve does have a completely different feel than the other two. It's because yes. they're they're in Europe. Soderbergh, you know, adds some flourishes. There's wacky zooms and camera work he's doing, like the European. They treat us like idiots. Like I gotta zoom into this one second. I just took that as the style. He's going for that, you know, '60s European style, and. I liked that. I appreciated it. I wanted to hang out with this character. And it just it had a playfulness to it that so I accepted the nonsense because I'm not going to deny that it's nonsense. Mm. But I liked that. I thought Ooh, it was just. You got to. Mm. Oh. No, that's. No, no, no. <laughs> um, I'm going to say right now, I have no strong opinion. So anything I say, I'm just reacting to energy. I just I had I had heard your arguments against 12. So I was expecting. And then when I watched it, I was like. I'm really enjoying this. You're this break Aaron's heart. I know, I know. I, and it that is I, okay. That does not bring me any joy. I saw the friend rankings change. The, the <laughs> zooming in like onto things you that they both? want us to see, I thought was treating us like we weren't smart enough to see things. Um, and I think in 13, they treated us more like adults that we could pay attention to things and like see that Tallur was in the background of something. You didn't have to zoom in onto him to show us that we need My to be paying. French. By the way, Tallur, I did like him as a character. He was funny, um, and I loved. You know, Night, his, his theme song was the shit. Right. That was fucking <laughs> catchy as fuck. His name is French. Theme. Yes. <laughs> but I just I just have a question. So what's the <laughs> difference, I guess, mm-hmm. between because. It, 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 so <laughs> they would zoom in on him or go back. So like you said, they go back and they retell you like, oh, like you missed this. This is what happened. And this is why we're putting the pieces together for you. So what's the difference between doing that in real time versus doing that after everything is all said and done? No, not after I'm talking about like in real time. So like, yeah, I mean, what's the difference? So in 13, they would do it after, but in, or in 11, they would do it after in 12, they would do it in real time. So what's the difference to be like, you can see this. I I just feel like it takes it out when the, you know, there's a camera that's like there's not an actual camera in the actual world. So why is this thing zooming in on something for me to see it when I can very obviously see that there's something there that I'm supposed to pay attention to? It's when the zoom that she. It's, it's the, the zoom, zoom that's okay. driving me bonkers. It's the zoomies. So yeah, the one you. way they did it really you well keep in Ocean's your camera back there. The one way they did it really well in Ocean's Eleven that wasn't this weird like quick zoom that seemed just very not real to the world to like that reality was when they were putting the pinch into the back of the white van. They were coming Mm -hmm. from the SWAT van, and you came in, and just in the foreground was the green uh, tree scent. And they wanted you to see that detail, but they weren't zooming completely up on it. It was in the foreground where you were paying attention to what's in the background. Then later on, when people got into the truck, you saw that green tree thing to give you an idea, oh, actually, that's their truck. It's not actually the fucking SWAT. So that's the way that they did it without fast zooming onto something and fast zooming out of it <laughs> yeah like gotcha. you're an idiot we want to make sure you see this detail you're not going to understand this fucking film gotcha 
so I guess let's let's <laughs> on that. Oh God, that was so good. Passion. I. Passion. The passion there was incredible. So let's let's compare and contrast a little bit more. Eleven versus twelve. What else do you think they missed from eleven to twelve? Beyond the Julia Roberts situation. I think 12 is also dated a lot more. Like Ocean's 11 is from 2001. A couple of things that date the 2001 is the stars around the table. Cause you know, as I just love. Okay. But you're trying to tell me that like, uh, like, like Topher Grace isn't timeless. <laughs> I will say. And Pacey, and Pacey yeah, was there. In Ocean's 11. I had no idea who the fuck half the people were at the table. Like I and, got. And Devin Sawa. I got. Timeless. Devin Sawa was not there. In, in 11, oh, it's... No. <laughs> what movie did I watch? Topher Grace. <laughs> oh, no, I gotta get off this podcast. <laughs> Josh Jackson, and yes. then... Holly, what's Holly, your face yeah, from Charmed? From Charmed. Oh, that was her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Ho- Holly from Charmed. Yeah, I'm gonna um, I had no idea who that was. Yeah, and so they called them, like, cold-decking team beat heartthrobs. Like, so they were dating themselves there. They date themselves with the flip phones and, like, the um, some of the hairstyles. And those are the things that kind of dated it. But in 12, there was a barrage of things that were dating it. Like the, Julia Roberts? Like, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, How dare you? <laughs> I'm stirring the pot. The laser effects date the shit out of it. You hate those lasers so I much. I hate those laser effects so much. I'm going to say in 11, they're just as janky. <gasps> in 11, they just like look like bullshit mission oh my impossible. god she's gonna jump across this room <laughs> okay so the laser effects aren't the best there too so yeah. i'll give you that oh yes. <laughs> um i i think they're worse there. than 12 Sometimes. personally that's my personal opinion because right. i don't think the green color of the lasers help them in uh 12 and they're red and oh, i like a green laser though mm. um like you're seeing a lot more regular people in like dated clothes, the clothes that they're wearing. Whoever did costume around that dated the heck out of them with the clothes. So I just can't stay in that as long for as long as I could with the other movies. But it's like a period piece. <laughs> it's, this is not like Little Women. It's like, it's it's like a period. Yeah, yeah it's very very Jane 12. Austen. You know, uh, I I would consider it. I I maybe not technically speaking, but I don't think it has to be like. I don't know when I watch Pride and Prejudice, but the two thousand and five <laughs> version, I feel like I'm there. And when I watch, <laughs> that's like what the eighteen hundreds. And so if I want to be transported to the early two thousands, <laughs> I put in some Ocean's Eleven or twelve, twelve especially. And I think it has just this cute little European like mm-hmm. sipping mm-hmm. a little espresso mm-hmm. on the villa type mm-hmm. of feel to it, and I just love it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> all right hey 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 maybe we've reached an agreement we should no, ten, no. Ten and i also think one of the oh, biggest sh- things between 11 and 12 is the writing like they're i think they're trying to shove way too much in 12 i think they tried to elevate the story too too quickly and didn't have the writing chops behind it i think 13 shows how they could elevate the heist from that make it kind of different but kind of the same from 11 but still make it more enjoyable and also just use a shit ton more red lighting in 13 <laughs> than they did in 11 thank you for all your colors Edward. so i i guess let's head into the redemption arc that is oceans 13 for you tell me how, how did they kind of redeem themselves from 
the travesty that is Ocean's 12 in your mind. I mean, I, I know we have a, a split room here, and, and I'd like to hear how everybody else feels, if they feel like it was a step down from 12, considering it seems like that was maybe the favorite of the the franchise for, for some folks here. I will give my thesis statement, and I'll be prepared to hear other people's. <laughs> and then the rest of you without written notes can go ahead and try to keep up. She, she's got a notebook. We're all sitting here just winging oh, it. <laughs> we're, all, we're all in trouble. I saw her making the notes. I'm like, oh, we are oh, all no. in over our heads. Mm-mm. I have a page for each. Of the, I had two pages for 11, one page for tw- like a paragraph for 12. You know, whatever. I feel like I'm back in high school writing my paper the night, like the morning <laughs> oh, no. of. God, the bus is oh. hard. <laughs> So Ocean's 13, basically from the first opening scene with the music, how it's cut, it just, you know, dun, 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 sorry, the other one sucks, this is going to be awesome. And then, like, I just, it just felt more in line with what 11 was than that first opening scene of what 12 was. Then we actually started to get treated like adults, which was none of that quick zooming anymore. Looks right at you and he says, Adam, stop, stop zooming. But I understand that was a style. Now that you're saying, I see that's more of a stylized choice, but I was coming from. I like that it's like you're blaming Adam for film history. Like, how dare you, the 70s films? How dare, sir? I also do think the acting is better in 13 based on the acting in 12. Because if you look, if you watch them literally back to back, 12 and 13, they feel more back into the character's that they were in Ocean's Eleven as well. I think literally, and they have admitted this too, which is also why I'm fine with shitting on this movie, that they went and had fun in Europe with their friends, and a lot of them were phoning that shit in. And you can tell by how they were acting, how they're interacting with each other, they did seem less of a cohesive group as well. So it's like 13, they like really were invested with each other. There was more storylines about individual characters connecting with one another, not just connecting as a whole group. The, the one of my favorite lines was from Pacino saying, uh, slice like a goddamn hammer. That's a good line. It's like tells you everything you need to know about his character. So there's one there's one liners that everybody says that remind you about who these characters are or they're introducing new characters. Slice like a goddamn hammer says a lot about who Pacino's character is, even though you've seen a couple scenes with him, like how he treated how he almost killed um, Ruben. Um, yeah, son of a son bitch. of fucking bitch. <laughs> I also really like revenge, like adding that layer layer of revenge, I think is another layer to the story that makes it also great. Because, again, it's an apology. Sorry, we're making it a revenge story, too, on top of a heist. Um, and details matter again. In 12, details didn't seem to matter. Like they would drop off details. Um, but in 13, they seem to matter again. Um, I love that there was their own adventure, uh, the Malloy brothers in Mexico. <laughs> I thought that was fucking hilarious and they could handle again more than one story without it getting muddled. Um, I'm pretty sure Casey Affleck just showed up to set with that stash for his Mexico scenes and was just like, I'm going to do this. That's my personal opinion. It's a little story I do in my head. And I think this uh, film elevated the storytelling, not only in the writing and the dialogue, but how it was shot and uh, trusted us to be adults again. So how do the rest of us feel about that? How does it compare to you? To, to 12 and, and 11. Do you feel like it is kind of an apology for what, what happened in 12? Is that a good continuation from 13? Or do you kind of feel like, to, to use the community thing, like two was, was or Ocean's 12 was like the gas leak year, and now 13 is kind of trying to put it back on track. Um, how, how do we feel about it? I definitely feel like Aaron is probably not alone in feelings on 12, because I definitely feel like that is 
their version of a course correction, even though I don't feel like it was necessary. I enjoyed the little detour they did with 12, but it definitely feels more in line with 11. I mean, even going back to Vegas and going back to, you know, focusing on the details of the heist um, definitely feels to me like, well, that didn't really work out for us. So we're going to go back to, to, you know, what, what was in line with the original, what people apparently responded to the most. I mean, this is the one that actually has David Paymer in it, so <laughs> alrighty, amazing, right? But I'm just, um, I'm just, uh, I'll see Ellen Barkin, oh, Queen, I mean, she's great. Yeah, I'm like, she just, 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 just owning it. Yeah, she looked good as hell. Yeah, and then Matt Damon with the nose, <laughs> the Brody place. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? I get, I, I can eat on this. This is good. This is a meal. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> I can have that whole movie could just be that <laughs> Matt Damon trying to seduce Ellen Barkin with that nose. <laughs> I kind of want to see that for now. Yeah, right? Can we, yeah, let's, let's release the Brody cut. Release the Brody cut. Is there like a Nora Ephron version of this that right? we can see? Cause I'd pay to see that. I could have lived without 13 and eight. Uh, it was okay. Uh, I didn't really like Pacino that much in this film. And what's your face? That lady. Ellen and Barton? yeah. And uh, who's that with the nose? I wasn't buying it. Um, I wasn't buying it. And it was so silly. What do you mean? What do you mean was it? Come on. Uh, Elaborate. Okay. Adam, come back here with me. Be safe. First off, we have to live. First off, I'm no scientist, okay? I'm not. Uh, I really, I only got through high school chemistry by the grace of God. And so when I say this, if there's anybody out there that can correct me, please, please do. If I'm not mistaken... Human beings, like there, there are no such things as pheromones. So that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. To my knowledge, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to say this. I would like to say this. It's a movie. I understand. (laughs) I'm not going to go back to 12 because we're in Matt's home and it's late and we don't got time for that. So there I'm not, I, there, 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 there are other people here. Which is and, why I didn't like the Julia Roberts thing. Cause I was watching a fucking movie, not watching. Anyways, continue. Oh. So I'm not going to get into it. We're not going to, we're, we're not going to the past. We're going to go to the now. So I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> but forward. I would like you to know with the look on my face, my thoughts about what you just said. So, <clears throat> it's a podcast. It's a <laughs> One second. Yeah. Point of order. Humans. Pheromones, yes. That, that Fer- is a thing. Pheromones, yes. They're, they're, yes. I was yes. almost positive, but I didn't want to be wrong, so I'm glad someone looked it up. Because <laughs> I do have a science background, it but I didn't want to be makes, wrong. It makes, it's just silly to me. Um, I don't know. I didn't like that. I could have lived without it. Like, them separate, I just could have, I think they were trying to make Linus play so much that they picked the wrong avenue for him. And mm-hmm. so you didn't like the way in which they were trying to give him more responsibility. Exactly. I didn't. Okay. I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't Got feeling it. it. But that's fine. They um, were just throwing him to the older t- lady. Yeah. See if he could. Like worst case scenario, and then he got, got chewed up. Then a you bit. got it's Basher fine. in that ridiculous outfit oh, and the it- more even ridiculous <laughs> accent. Like I didn't think it could get paid. My money. My, my, my you don't, money. You don't like evil Knievel Basher. <laughs> I love evil Knievel Basher. Visual I've seen in a long time. Put his feet up on the desk. I'm like, go down, Cheeto. It's the walk. To the like the rooster walk. Oh, I was so happy. I could see it like, oh, finally, I get to crow. I did like the Mexico coup. That's, of well, course, a another gem. separate movie. That'd yeah, be great, oh, right? that was fantastic. Two morons. Saving the thing is, like, 
I really liked, I like all the ocean movies except for eight, but I, <laughs> but for me, I don't know. I like, I, I'd like to take a pit stop at 12 and then 13 is kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, I'll watch it. It's like Temple of Doom. I'll watch it. I won't be happy about it, but I'll watch Man, it. Yeah, Vanessa is stirring it tonight. <laughs> and Pacino was Pacinoing so hard, which is probably why I liked it because he was the Pacino as Pacino. As I think it's because I liked Terry Benedict so much as a bad guy mm. that when you kind of make him a good, not a good guy, but a good guy, part of the team, you're like, well, I don't think so. Well, he never was part of the team. He was not. But they like, you know, they, they brought they him like, in for the money. Exactly. But that motherfucker double crossed them. But they saw that double cross because they ain't Benedict. fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. And then he had to give all that money to Camp de Belong and go on Oprah, oh my God. <laughs> which I thought was unnecessary but fucking hilarious Oprah Oprah, come on come on so Julia Roberts yes but Oprah Oprah, no no. that's your fucking line that's your fucking line this is great Jesus I'm learning that my friends have weird lines I'm learning from this tonight we're all weird but at least we know our boundaries you know how much I care about boundaries but at least I know you're existing so let me throw this out there just kind of a, a statistical thing real quick um the Ocean's Eleven box office throughout the series. Does anybody have a guess on how this goes? The one movie? Uh, over or... the course of the four. Less? I, I, 500 I will give you the starting one and then see, see if you can guess how it goes. So Ocean's Eleven made $450 million. Where do you think 12 was? Uh, Less. 435. I was right. 13. 600. Two. I feel like it went down. Um, would oh, one dollar, one dollar. <laughs> 311. Ah. <laughs> Y'all forgot your prices right for Yeah, we sure did. And Ocean's 8. Oh, didn't break 100. Didn't break 3. Ooh. So okay. 297 is what Ocean's mm. 8 made. So it was kind of diminishing returns for, for folks. Um, yeah. And I don't know if that was because it was... Because Ocean's 11 not only created its own franchise, but also kind of kicked off that like craze of rebooted heist movies where mm-hmm. everybody's you know they've, they've Italian got the, job yeah you know you're you're the the wisecracking tech guy that would have been tj miller yep. and then like the the tough guy that would have been your jason statham or i don't know jason statham jason <laughs> uh, jason statham the, the kid from the oc or like <laughs> i mean the movies were like three years apart except for between you know 13 and 8 it was 2001 2004 and 2007 there, there was now you see me where it was oceans 11 but magicians magicians which is why i still didn't uh, i was like uh. there was what was it the perfect score which is oceans 11 but with the sat scores yep so like but yeah make it more boring <laughs> right so i'm wondering if, if there was maybe a fatigue as these went on and that's why it dropped off even though maybe the quality was it at least stayed the same. Um, yeah. And then it went dormant for a while. Mm. Yeah. Right? Like Godzilla. Well, like Godzilla. Even, even Soderbergh was like, I kind of want to do another heist film, but he had to do a whole different style, so he did Logan Lucky. Yep. Logan Which Lucky is, is fantastic. He's almost like, I can't do... The, I, what's like the other guys who would who'd pull... Like, what's the other side of cons? Yeah. Which, again, yeah. good plan. Executed... Plus, you have James Bond doing a killer. Just, sub- just let Daniel Craig do Southern accents for the yeah. rest of his say, career. He clearly he fucking loves, do. loves doing a Southern accent. He's so accent. happy. You can see it in his little eyes. Ah! <laughs> Man, I, this is a Wendy's. I feel like we should make this a, a, a side trip in the oceans. 
universe. Let, let's talk about Logan Lucky for a minute. Oh, it's such a good film. It's just, it, you know, it's weird. So I would say, I don't mean to jump on everyone, but whereas Oceans, it's gloss. It's a perfectly timed uh, watch. It's rich. It's expensive. There's money mm-hmm. everywhere. Logan Lucky is like, and it's so weird because it's like our time in like, oh, him. Hi. <laughs> but I think it's so, yeah. So you've got Ocean's Eleven, which is very slick. It's money. It's money everywhere. And money that doesn't matter because all these people have all this money. It's never actually an issue. Whereas Logan Lucky, and that's interesting because we're talking like how far apart is that from First Ocean's Eleven? 10 years. Yeah. yeah so we're talking like about that. like a yeah. different time in our country and world, you know? Mm-hmm. So now you have heroes that like, no, every penny matters. 16 years to be yeah, exact. Right? Yeah, right? Yeah, and I feel like you've got this perfect reflection now of like, yeah, who would you see as a hero now? Who would you want to feel like uh, sympathy for? Because yeah. in a way, I'm like, yeah, Daniel Ocean's fine, but like if I first met him at <laughs> Logan Lucky time, I'd be like, screw that dude. Look at him. Like, they don't have to ever worry. He's already fine. He came out of prison in a it's, tux. In an expensive <laughs> He's tux. He's fine. Where you're like, you're like, oh my God, that whole Logan family's cursed or something. <laughs> I'm worried about them. Oh, poor Adam Driver. Oh, baby, it's going to be okay. So I, I think it's interesting that that's like what Soderbergh decided to do later is like the gloss is over. Now we're in the dirt. And Channing Tatum. Oh, Channing Tatum. Oh. Well, I, I feel like really kind of missed out on the Ocean's universe. He should have been in one of those movies. Yeah, so he's almost like, I can't get you that, buddy. I can't do you that, but... <laughs> but... And he, like, fixed, he hooked him up with what he needed. Maybe no, not what yeah. he wanted, but what he needed. What we all Katie needed. Katie Holmes is in that film. Right? Is she? Yeah, she plays the the, the mom, the one that uh, Channing Tatum was with and had the kid with. Uh, mm-hmm. West Virginia. Anyway, That's all you can do. That's all you can do. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's then, another solid Logan Lucky film or uh, heist film. Yeah. And then coming off the, the back of that kind of, we get to Ocean's 8, which is back to the well. And I don't know. Ooh, Vanessa has thoughts. Her face no. has thoughts anyway. <laughs> I, I'm good. Keep going. The, the internet will probably complain about the fact that it's a gender swapped version of. They sure did. Yeah. Haters. Yeah. And it's misogyny and all that. Yep. And, uh, you know, the same fate that, that, Befell Ghostbusters, oh, kind Ghostbusters. of befell Ocean's yeah. 8. Um, but let's jump in and, and talk about Ocean's 8 and Danielle Ocean. And I know that's not her. I'm just Debbie being a dick. Um, <laughs> if it had been Danielle Ocean. It's, it's Debbie Ocean. <laughs> I want to know everything about the Ocean family. Then. I damn near fell off the couch when it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you got Sandra Bullock. You got Kate Blanchett. You got Sarah Paulson. You got Aquafina. You got Helena Bonham Carter. You have Mindy Kaling, Rihanna, and Anne Hathaway. And Sandra Bullock's playing Debbie Ocean. You know, alliteration, important. Debbie and Daniel. Um, And so what did I like about this film? So basically, I think it's a fun mirroring of Ocean's Eleven. Um, Especially with the first scene with her starting coming out of jail, just like Ocean's Eleven, her brother coming out of jail. Um... The relationship between Daniel and Ocean is very similar to Debbie and Lou, although Debbie and Lou, I very much has an undercurrent of a queer relationship, Mm -hmm. a hundred percent. And that, you know, Daniel and Rusty did not. (laughs) Um, Depends on if you're looking for it. (laughs) It's always there if you want to see it. Um, It again treats us as adults to pay attention to details uh, it's a grand tradition of accents, uh, but, you know, not as bad as Cheadle's, um, i.e. 
Helena Bonham Carter doing an Irish accent. Hers isn't like abhorrent. It's still different. Um, another grand tradition of having great like conning music. So Lara's theme is the one that shows up with theirs um, and is from Oceans 13. It shows up both of them. I like I like conning music. If I could have theme songs for my life all the time when I'm doing stuff, I would love to just have a lot of conning music. It'd be the leverage theme. Oh, would be the leverage theme. Oh, leverage. Another beautiful TV show about conning. I have a thing. I have a I have a theme in my life. So just watch Aaron around your valuables. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> And uh, they used real lasers, or at least the laser um, uh, effect was better this <laughs> time. Like the la- yeah, the laser works. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> Whoever did that. But I, it is um, too similar sometimes. I think they could have done a better job with writing in some points. Um, I do like the relationship between the women, though. Um, but I do not think it's as well written as 13 or as 11, which I re- really they need to do better when especially when it's an all-female cast because people are already looking at it as a crock of shit because it's all female because they're doing a, a gender swap with stuff like just like anybody who's of a minority status or of a um status uh that is not the the majority they have to be 20 times better and i don't think they were as 20 times better as they could be on this um and as someone who's a big fan of it so yeah I don't know. I thought it was charming as hell. And I could watch Kate Blanchett's outfits all day oh, long. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. For me, it was a fun film. I mean, nothing's yeah. going to be Ocean's Eleven, but that kind of like did its own thing. It was oddly enough, even though it was like a remake, it really uh, like kind of crystallized a certain kind of movie for a certain mm-hmm. kind of time, which this never was going to, you know, because it's like a remake of a remake. Yeah. But I don't know. It was fun. I had fun hanging out with these ladies, doing crime, yeah. fun crime shit. Always fun. I'm always down for it. I thought it was just, just had enough mix up. They're like, oh, oh, oh no, but actually it was this. Oh my God. And again, man, oh God, that like green velvet suit she's wearing. Yes, fire. Yeah, Kate, the, the Blanchett clothes are on point in this right? movie. Uh. Um, I'm also going to toss out, I think Anne Hathaway is delightful in it. Oh my God. Delightful. Let, let her do more yes. Damn. Damn, man. And I think she, and I, I think they nailed. Uh, the character, the, how the, the women interact with each other. Cause I think that was very important. It could have gotten catty. It could have gotten ugly. They could have gone down tropes that weren't necessary. And I think they avoided those for the most part. Um, and I enjoyed that well, part. They're professionals. Yeah. Professionals. Yeah. Please. Plus Rihanna looked fucking gorgeous. All the ladies were fine. They yeah. were in fine in their own like unique style. Like, ooh, that's like Helena Bonham Carter fashion-wise. And like, ooh, Anne Hathaway, yeah. fine. And, oh, look, oh, Mindy Kaling's got Mindy Kaling fine. Aquafina, Aquafina, fine. Like, they all had their own fashion <laughs> fine. I'm, I'm sad that people can't see your hand movements. Yeah, yeah oh. this is the hand movement for fine. Oh, you know, we're going to do like some sort of like uh, boomerang. So y'all can feel it. Feel my hands. <laughs> Oh, it's like it's ASMR, but not yeah. <laughs> so I just I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I liked it. I think it was a charming little mm-hmm. film. I did not like the characters. I liked the actresses, and I think that they did well. I just did not like the characters. Like where, um, what's his face? Not Linus. Other dude. Nervous dude. Chihuahua dude. From Oceans. Livingston, thank you. Oh, that poor man. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Where Livingston was like nervous and it worked. Um, 
Helen Bowman Carter's character was like desperate and nervous yeah. and it was nerve wracking. It didn't, I Hard didn't like watch. her. Yeah, yeah. I was like, girl, get it together. <laughs> and it, I understand. It didn't have that like that swagger to it that you look for in Ocean's movies. It just kind of seemed like they were out there and, you know, just doing shit. And it was just fine, you know, doing crime. Ladies doing crime, that's hot. But I just... <laughs> Great line. Yeah. I just, yeah. Ladies doing crime. Ladies doing crime, it's hot. Oh my God. But I think, like, when you know. look at it in that lens of, like, okay, this is supposed to be an Ocean's movie, it just didn't have that that feeling to it for me. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, I didn't like the plot. I kind of thought while Anne Hathaway was amazing in it, I was like, oh, great. Now she's part of the team. Like it just I I wanted her to be ridiculous and robbed, not ridiculous. And like, I want to be in on this, too. Yeah. Like, Why? Like, I have to like, be what's in on it point? or you guys are in trouble. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like that. I, I just ugh. I think you're right when you say like they had to be. I don't want to say they had to be better, but I think yeah. there was an opportunity for them not to necessarily have to stray so far. And, you know, just because you and like her name was Debbie. Thank you for rewording that for me, yeah. by the way. But yeah, no, her they could have gone with not a, a name that needed to be so close to Daniel. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really think they could have uh, really leaned into the queer relationship between yeah. Debbie and Lou, and that would have been a way better plot line. And skip that dude. Skip, skip, I don't care skip, about Claude, dude. Claude Becker. Yeah. Like, they could have come up with another person to be the patsy for what was going on very easily that did involve this whole, we were in a fight, uh, a, a kind of like, not th- not thinly veiled, but like you can still tell they're trying to say that Lou and her were in a relationship mm-hmm. and they were fighting. And that's why she went and found this dude and then got tripped up in this dude and made a mistake because she wasn't paying attention enough. Yeah. They could have done something else that didn't involve her. I think that's one one theme I do not like with the Oceans movies is that the, the women are always the casualty mm. of whatever these men decide to do. So like Tess ends up without her husband left at the dinner table, whatever, because Danny was dicking around and he's gone. <laughs> he's in he's in jail. And then she's like, oh, you and then she leaves her cushy little art job to go back to be with him and but then she's sucked Benedict. in you want to be with him no but still like he you know <laughs> no, i'm okay. just saying keep i'm going, just saying i'm just saying and then like you know and then she at the time she still thought like oh terry benedict with your little ascot scarf or whatever and but then she like <laughs> then daniel shows up and she's like oh shit and so and then you get to to freaking 12 which my one gripe with it so you got Catherine zeta jones this total babe and this really great job and she leaves it for rusty i can't stop putting food in my mouth and <laughs> for they what did admit they did it too much yeah yeah and so and then now you have oceans eight where debbie ends up having to go to jail because of this she lets this guy daniel ocean's sister let some guy swindle her that's what my whole problem was so. i said that's bullshit make it make, make it make sense like come on make it make sense Vanessa, i'm just gonna go back to one thing i feel like I've, I've i found a thread and i need to pull at it go ahead what are your feelings on andy garcia Oh, like what do you mean? Well, I just feel like you like you keep kind of coming back to like Terry Benedict, how he's a great like villain, but also like she was with him, and well, maybe she should have stayed with him. Oh, and... a total babe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 felt, I just felt I wanted to dig a little. Oh, okay. Okay. That's like, cool. Okay. So like he walks around with that cane. Right. Come yeah. on. And then he, he like he exudes power. <laughs> and now, mind you, I wouldn't be like you know I would never let him talk to me that way. But like, but like in the right setting, I would let him talk to Look me that nice. way yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah okay that feels okay yeah, yeah. i like love getting to know you 
Thank you. I love getting to know you, and I'm glad you're my friend. You should see Matt's face. It's red as hell. He's sitting too close uh, to you. I mean, I know it's a winter night, but I'm feeling toasty so she right likes now. So she likes the older men with power, yeah, possibly with a cane. Yeah. And she Maybe likes just a little, like a little self-involved, like just yeah. so you can see like, oh, this guy thinks he's great. Maybe he is a little great. <laughs> but I sure shit ain't going to tell him. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's got other people to tell him that. Tell him. <laughs> so about oceans. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's why I'm attracted to Kate Blanchett. <laughs> Everyone's attracted to I would yeah. not. Okay. I, for, that's just for, a given. Yeah. For all my gripes about Ocean's Day, I would let Kate Blanchett in that green suit ruin my life. <laughs> okay. Why did you take the words out of my mouth? The assassin got there before I did. I was going to say I was going to let her wreck the shit out of me. Matt, 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 cut everything else from this podcast out. We got to the meat, finally. <laughs> Because when she rounds that corner and she just stands in her power in that suit, I'm like, get on top of me, please. (laughs) Well, this podcast has taken a turn. Uh, A hot, hot turn. turn. Or Rihanna in that red dress. Uh, You don't have to tell me. You don't have have words anymore. We're all just making noises into the microphone. Uh, How did this become the horniest podcast we've done? Well, uh, I, we thought it was going to be cats. We did. Think it was cats. <laughs> it's cats' fault. No, no, no. I feel like this is an exorcism. No, like, no, no, no. We should be horny for Kate Blanchett. You should not be horny for no, anything. Be, be horny for human, female, and, and male. Yes, yes. Please, be, be horny for human. Not a digital cat. Don't, don't be horny for cat. With human hands. Yeah, if, if there's also, one thing we can learn. Did you know that the guy who plays Claude Becker is the hot... Um, He's the dwarf king from The Hobbit. Yes, that's Richard Armitage. Arm- and he's the hot one? And they make him look like shit in this yeah. film? Anyways, they very did attractive. They did, they did dirty wait, uh, wait, you're talking about Thor and Oakenshield? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh here we go. <laughs> she says Same his name guy. like she knows him. So that sexy Thor? motherfucker with that hair and that beard looking fly as fuck. Is this a chump-ass motherfucker in Ocean's 8? <laughs> fucking chump i mean whatever like sometimes you just he you i know, know he's what? an actor and that's yeah. what actors yeah, do i can't even think though she's like huh hey, how, <laughs> and maybe they, they need to chump him up a little bit because he was a fucking chump in this film but like how do you okay let's not talk about thor in that way okay he's got a lot on his plate oh, you're talking about he's... a boyfriend you're being a jerk about it <laughs> he you know his dad went missing his grandpa died <laughs> a dragon took over his mountain took all of his gold <laughs> He had to deal with the the freaking elf king of the woods, yeah, no, Legolas's dad, and it was really hard for him. I'm not him. disagreeing with you. I'm saying he, Thor, okay, she's fine as fuck. Claude Becker, chump motherfucker. <laughs> but sometimes that translates. Maybe it's like a, you know, his second life. He comes back reincarnated and he's just wearing those tight jeans. Take that back. Ooh, the highways and byways of this conversation <laughs> are amazing. It's like the world's like the largest ball of twine, but about sexy dwarves. <laughs> Ugh. All right. Can we never use the term "sexy dwarves" again? Let's but just not do that. The man is, though. I mean, he is pretty good respect. looking. He's, yeah, give him some, put some respect on his name. Calling it what it is. Yeah. Uh. I didn't think I'd Wait, see my dream of the Ocean's franchise yeah. podcast turn into talking about. Although I'm, I'm happy. I will talk <laughs> about Kate know. Blanchett being sexy all we, day, every oh, day. Kate Blanchett. That, that's what got us on Lord of the Rings. Oh, Kate Blanchett. It was the call of Galadriel. But I did not think we'd get I'll the Lord of the what, Rings. I tell you what, I would fade into the West with her. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Vanessa, MVP. 
so is it time to go yet? Should we go? <laughs> Let's stay here she forever. Has, she has I don't things want to go handle. on the ships and go away. I want to stay here. I think, yeah, before they make Ocean's Nine. There's um. <laughs> a time to end making these movies, and I think they have made that time happen. I will say this one thing, that they did not, that they pulled a total recall on me, and I was not happy about Ocean's 8. Technically, yes, Aquafina said, hey, is that your brother? He's hot. Are you sure he's dead? And she said, no. That is the line they said. Because in case you didn't know and watch this, Daniel Ocean is said to be dead, quote unquote, in this film, which I turned to my sister when they said that and audibly gasped in the fucking theater. Yeah, I feel like then at the end of it, she show him. So, yeah, no, then at the end, she's getting a martini. Debbie Ocean, Sandra Bullock is getting a martini at his. uh, What would you call that? What what are those things? Tomb. A tomb. Thank you. At his tomb. Phantasm style mausoleum. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Mausoleum tomb thing and says like you like the last line of the movie is uh, you would have loved it or you would have liked it. You would have been proud. Something that effect. Then it cuts. But you motherfucker just said you're not sure if he's dead. I just needed a solid answer whether Daniel Ocean was dead or not. That's some total recall bullshit well, they pulled on me. I think that sometimes you just gotta go. Like, the, do you think the people knew Jesus was dead in the tomb or not? I no. Can't deal with you. <laughs> no, oh. she she just and said Daniel just Ocean up. is basically the Jesus just of this showed world. Up. That's when what's when we needed him most. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Ocean appeared. So Ocean's 14 is going to take place three days later. No, no. When you you went into the bank vault and there was only one pair of footprints, that's when Daniel Ocean was carrying you. That's when I carried you from from the vault. We're going to hell. Worth it. And on the second day, Bellagio was tiled onto the floor. Three days for three casinos. The Bellagio. Oh, my God. Wow, everybody. Wow. We did it. I'm so proud of us. So on that note, I suppose we should probably <laughs> wrap up. Any any final thoughts about the, the ocean cinematic universe? Where we've been, where it went, where it'll go. What else is there to say? I think we covered every angle possible. And then go so. steal and some fun. shit. Yeah, do crime. Do crime. <laughs> Be gay, do crime. <laughs> Be gay, do crime. Be gay, do crime. Speaking of crime, I have to tell you that right now, Anomaly Film Festival passes are on sale, and it's a fucking steal. Anomalyfilmfest.com. It's November 11th, 12th, 14th, 14th, 15th. It's it's the entire month of November. That's not true. Go ahead and check anomalyfilmfest.com. If we believe hard enough. Yeah, if you believe hard enough, if you really, clap your anomaly hands. Anomaly never ends. So that's right. Yes. It's, it's always happening. Anomaly is in our hearts, in our minds, at all times, but especially in November. Um, <laughs> AnomalyFilmFest.com. I'm, I, I was kidding about the dates, but... 12th through 15th. 12th through 15th, if, if you really want to know. I mean, <laughs> I feel like you should probably put it on your calendar now. And more importantly, go buy your passes because it's $75. Mm-hmm. The deal of the century, the steal of a lifetime. Um, and you don't even have to have a plan of heist. It's right here for you. You know what? We're planning the heist forum. Yeah, we are. You know what we're going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to search the globe for the finest films we can. Yeah. Uh-huh. All over. Short films, feature films, whatever we can find. 
we're going to scout them out. We're going to stick them in our sack. Yes, we and are. And we're going to bring them to the cinema theater. <laughs> yeah, we are. Oh right in the sack? Right in that sack. <laughs> right in the sack. We're going to bring them to the That's cinema theater. <laughs> and under cover of darkness, we're going to show them to you. Yeah, we did. Under cover of darkness. <laughs> you can be a part of it. Come hang out in the dark with us. Meow. Wow. <laughs> there is... Kill it. It's gotta go. <laughs> it's gonna get out of control. The fucking weirdest energy in the room right now. And I'm gonna leave you with it. So we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thank you. This has been Anomaly Presents. We love you. Bye. Bye. Go watch Ocean's Eleven. If you want to learn more about Rochester and Buffalo's wide range of diverse cuisines, Nominate Meals might be for you. The fun part is you have no idea what you're going to get until you pick your meal up at one of our fantastic events. All you have to do is go to nominatemeals.com and order a meal for two for $40 that features dishes from one small, typically minority-owned restaurant. We run events at Three Heads Brewing, Fatty Beer Company in the neighborhood of Play, and also Nowhere Lounge in Buffalo. We offer drink pairings for sale that pair with each dish for that night, which really adds to the experience. Go to nominatemeals.com to order your meal for an upcoming event and join the nomination.